is The Silent Holler. I'm your host, Nicole Parton. And I'm your host, Stephanie Tate. And this is a podcast about the South's missing and murdered children. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Silent Holler. Hey, y'all. Here we are back again for another story, another sit down with our friends. It's been an exciting week. It has been. We, we've we had a lot of um, follow-up and uh, people giving us great information, great compliments, loved the pod, liked the story, had not heard of the story. It's been interesting to um, to hear all of the ideas that other people are having. Like we've had a lot of people contact us about the Summerwell story, which if you haven't heard was last week's podcast story. Um, you, if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. But a lot of people coming up with their own ideas and like seeing things we didn't see or hearing things differently than we heard them. So it's been a lot of fun to receive the feedback that we've had on that podcast. And anyone should feel free to contact us and let us know what you think too, because we would love to hear about it. Absolutely. Reach out on Facebook or on the website. The contact um, information is there and you can shoot us an email. While we're talking about that, if you have a story that you would love for us to cover. Oh, yeah. uh, A crime that, you know, maybe is a cold case or a missing person or something like that in your neck of the woods feel free to reach out to us and share that with us. It may be something that we want to cover. We're exclusively covering crimes toward children. Yes. So missing and murdered children, that includes teenagers, of course. Teenagers are still kids, right? Absolutely. Um, But if you have something that you would like for us to think about or talk about on the podcast, don't hesitate to share it with us. We would love to hear about it. We would, and we might possibly cover cover one of the stories absolutely yeah for sure you never know so it's been a full week of catch up and follow up with people um a lot of social media which i'm trying to get better at managing and being active in hey you became a tiktoker i mean right yeah let's just say i'm not the tiktok star baby grace is the tiktok she is she what, gets, what is she bringing in these days i don't know a few thousand like she's she's gonna be the million she's gonna be the one okay people love the to see a baby laugh so it's been a busy week. The kids went back to school, which has been busy. I know parents everywhere have been dealing with that. It's a lot. And you know my favorite thing's happening. A hurricane's on its way. That's true. Down here in South Florida, it's hurricane season, and we have one making her approach here within the next few days. Lord. You know what I always say? I always say that it's going to skirt along the side, probably not even develop into a hurricane. Don't worry about it. Yes, my first hurricane ever, you say. It never hits Naples, Florida. Oh, okay. It did. It did. It, it was rough. Ian was rough. Hurricane Ian. I, I, yeah. And my first. So maybe I should. Hurricane. I'm not a, me- <laughs> not a meteorologist. <laughs> I always have the same prediction. It's probably not going to be a hurricane, and it's going to skirt off the coast. I, think, I always... <laughs> I think you should stick to investigative okay, reporting. I'll do that. 
I'm, I'm good at that. I'm a good mom. I can, but just I'll stay away from the weather. Yeah, I'll just listen to Allison Ray. That's not clearly not. My, I do. I can honestly say I don't think this one's going to be anything to get excited about. I never okay. pay attention until it's like the day of. Okay. And to see, like, but then it's too late. It's true, but it's too late move, to go anywhere. They move around so much. You can't like jump. It's way too soon. The thing's not even going to be here until like Tuesday. It's too soon to know. So what's happening today on the podcast? Hit me with it. Well, I want to mention something before we jump into our story. Okay. I want to talk about the epidemic of missing and murdered indigenous women. Okay. According to the Urban Indian Health Institute, who surveyed 71 U.S. cities, say that indigenous women make up a significant portion of missing and murdered women. Indigenous women are 10 times more likely to be murdered than other women in America. In 2016, there were 5,712 known incidents of missing and murdered Native American and Alaskan Native women, but only 116 were logged into the U.S. Department of Justice database. That is only 2%. Wow. As of 2020, four out of five Native women have experienced violence in their lifetime. Homicide is the third leading cause of death among 10 to 24-year-olds in Native communities and the fifth leading cause of death for those 25 to 34. 40% of victims of sex trafficking are identified as indigenous women. 56% of American Indian and Alaskan Native women surveyed had experienced sexual violence. 96% of rapes are committed by non-Native men, though the rapists are rarely prosecuted on tribal lands. Holy cow. And 95% of missing and murdered cases are never covered by national or international media. Well, that is changing today. We're covering the murder of Jesse Marie Twilight Song Crooks. Twilight was born in October 22, 1985 at Bowling Green, Kentucky. Sophomore at Greenwood High School, she was athletic. She loved swimming and soccer. She got straight A's, and her dream was to go to Harvard. She is native Arapaho on her mother's side. Her father... Bobby Crooks tells Bowling Green Daily News that it all went something like this. On August 28, 2001, Twilight receives a phone call from a payphone outside Plano Country Store. Not long afterwards, she leaves her home barefoot, which is not out of character for her, but it indicates it's meant to be a short trip. Mom and Dad say she wouldn't just leave the house without putting sure. shoes on if she were going to leave with someone or... Yeah, going to be gone all night. Yeah, so she's going to go be gone. somewhere where she's going to see a lot of people, probably. 
Uh, she left no note. No one knew where she was going. No one knew who she was meeting. And that was the last time she was seen alive. The next morning, on the 29th, Bobby and Linda, who is Twilight's stepmom, report her missing. Now, Bowling Green, Kentucky is like halfway between Nashville, Tennessee. It's a great place. I've been there. Mm -hmm. Great little little place. Bowling Green or Nashville? I mean, I've been to both. (laughs) I lived in Nashville, but I've been to Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's a cute little place. Yes. And um, it's about halfway between Nashville and Louisville, Kentucky. It's it's an all-American town, right? Ice cream and Jackson's Orchard. It's supposed to be friendly and safe. Twilight was found dead on September 10th, 2001, at 15 years old. This is the day before 9-11. That's a lot. That's heavy. First Mm. of all, those numbers are staggering. And I totally believe it. Think about, I'm going to carefully choose my words, but let's think about what we see on national television when it comes to missing people, murder cases. Over half the time, right? It's the beautiful, white, blonde-headed, blue-eyed, right? Yeah. Middle-class, upper-class beauty queen. For sure. Who, who, let's let's be clear, who's murder is just as hurtful and just as important as anyone else. It's true. That missing daughter is just as important as anyone else. That son, it's just as important. But wow, these minority numbers that you're reading are incredible. We're not covering these cases. No. And most of them go unsolved. If they're even... If they're even looked at at all. And and I'm going to be honest, I had not even heard of this case until I was doing some research on the top cold cases in Kentucky, and I came across this one. And then I brought it to your attention, and I was like, listen to this. This is incredible. And then you started researching the numbers, and you said, okay, we have to cover this. Because it's a national problem. This is, you know colonization back in the day we pushed native people over pushed them out a lot of them died because we brought diseases over it's kind of been a mentality and a stereotype throughout time that that those people are kind of forgotten they're trash they're drunk Uh, they're in these horrible conditions in the reservations which is not any of their fault but people kind of frown on Native Americans, I I feel like. Yeah, I'm sure it's true. Any, I, think, I feel like people, I feel like as a nation, and we are way down a rabbit trail right now, but I we feel are like so down as a, rabbit a trail. nation, we tend to frown upon any minority group. Right. We tend to frown on anyone who's not like us. Can I just say it that way? You can. Who's not like us. We We tend to, you know, look the other way. But we're not doing that today. No. We're bringing Twilight's case to the forefront. This is an old, cold case. We are coming up on a 20-year anniversary since this beautiful 15-year-old. And she was beautiful. Hmm. Her picture will be on the website. Dark hair, brown eyes. 
a straight A student. She was athletic. Her family says that she had that million dollar smile and she does. You can see it in her picture. She could light up a room when she went inside. She had big dreams. She was going to Harvard. Following in her dad's footsteps, her dad was a Harvard graduate. She was a great daughter, a beautiful sister, a wonderful friend, and it all ended on that tragic night. What in the world happened to Twilight? What in the world? You just gave us the details of it, so let's talk about how the day began for her. She was still out of school, and so she spent the day with her friends hanging out. She's 15. She's doing what a 15-year-old would do in the summer. They went out to eat. They went over to a friend's house. The girls were hanging out, listening to music, laughing, giggling, doing all the things. Her friends say that they took her home in the car, dropped her off. Her dad says she came in. They all had chit-chat. Everything went well. I want to say, too, because we always, the first thing we say when it's a teenager is, well, maybe they just got mad and ran away. Her family says there was no argument. There was no, you know, ill words that were said. They all had conversation. And they did what most families do around the close of the evening. They kind of all went in their separate spaces. Right. Yeah. You know, you're getting ready for bed. Yeah. Well, somebody's watching Everybody the news. Everybody winds down. Somebody's right. reading the newspaper. Kids are in their bedrooms doing whatever. And dad says that there's a phone call that comes in. And he hears Twilight answer the phone. And then within a few minutes, she leaves. We know she's barefoot because they tell us that. And that's the last time anyone sees her. She takes that phone call and she leaves. Now, a couple of things stand out to me. First of all, this is 2001. Because I know what everybody's going to say. Have they pinged her cell phone? It was Mm. 2001. She didn't have one. No cell phones. No smartphones. So was she talking to someone online? Highly doubt it. But she got that phone call that came in. That phone call came in from a pay phone. That can't be tracked. And there are probably people listening that don't even know what a pay phone is. Right. The pay phone, you put a quarter in it and you make a phone call. Well, back then it was a quarter. Today it would probably be... Well, today it would be 10 bucks, but... And that phone call came from in front of the general store in a place called Plano, Kentucky, which is not that far away from Bowling Green. You made mention that she goes out barefoot, which, again, is not uncommon for her. I mean, hey, that's not uncommon for me. That's an Appalachian thing. For her, you know, it's maybe a cultural thing for her. When I'm home, it's really not uncommon for me to go outside barefoot, especially when we're in Tennessee. Like I go out, I go not out to the grocery store or something, but in my own yard around my own property. Oh, for sure. Right. So she runs out um, and it's the next morning when her dad wakes up that he realizes that she's gone and he he calls the authorities and they get involved. Now, some would argue, why didn't dad look for her that night? Why? How did he not know she didn't come home? Did he just fall asleep while his kid had you know, walked outside and to meet somebody? I'm... I don't know because he, I haven't been able to gather those details straight from his mouth, but I would assume 
He knew his daughter well enough to think she didn't leave, that she just went outside to talk to somebody, or she just is coming right back in inside. So he probably didn't give thought to it. I don't know. I mean, I can tell you this, if my child went out, first of all, they're not going to go out. But if they did, I'm going to be on the porch seeing who's in the driveway that they're talking to. And I'm going to make sure that they're back in the house and the doors are locked up. But everyone parents differently. So I'm not going to judge him for that. I'm not going to judge stepmom for that. We don't know what happened. But we do know that the phone call came in and she's missing. And they begin the search for her, right? Right. Bowling Green Police. Yes. It's a two-week search. Looking everywhere, frantically. Now, we got to go back. This is before there. there's no ring doorbell cameras. No, there's no video cameras. Mm-hmm. There's no video anywhere. And let's also remember, this is in the country again. This is rural area. This is out where you trust everybody, where you don't think anything bad is going to happen. But she disappears. That's it. Dad says he starts to call all of her friends. Have you guys heard from her? Has Have you seen Twilight? None of her closest friends have heard from her. No one has seen her. Her girlfriends who dropped her off the night before say they haven't heard from her since she got out of the car. They dropped her off after having a good time at their house, listening to music. They obviously had no idea who she would be getting a call from. Nothing. Remember, there's no, it's not like she's on her cell phone texting her friend saying, Hey, so and so called me. No, it's before that, before that time. We don't have that to be able to trace exactly who all she talked to. So for two weeks, they're looking for her unsuccessful. And then they find her. Worst case scenario. There's a gentleman who's walking his dog about five miles away from Twilight's home, back on an old country road. He's walking the dog. He says the dog takes off as if he smells something. There's a scent that catches his dog. Dog runs into the woods. He follows the dog to see what's up. And there he makes the gruesome discovery. Twilight decomposing. He finds this body. Um, Details are sketchy because the gentleman says that he, you know, is panicked. He says the smell is overwhelming. Uh, The body's decomposed to the point that he can't make out if it's male or female. He can't make out much. He turns around. He runs out. He gets to the nearest phone and he calls authorities and they come in. What we're told is that. She was near a dried up pond. Have I got that right? Yes. Near a dried up pond in, in a wooded area. This is, we're talking about dense woods. And I think that's why it took them a while to find her. Yeah. Um. Well, the dog found her. Yeah. So. Thanks to the dog. Mm-hmm. How many times have we heard that? There have been so many cases that thanks were solved to the dog. by the dog. Right. I mean, it sounds comical, but it's true. Shout out to all the service dogs. And the killer or the person who had disposed of her body had made a really poor attempt at covering her up. 
Yes. Um, they said there were some weeds that had been pulled up by the root. There were some sticks and twigs laying on top of the body where they had tried to hide her. Um, but the body was discovered September 10th, the day before 9-11. Yeah, 2001. So, I mean, that, that changes everything because there's no media coverage None. for her. No media coverage. Not that there would have been much anyway, according to the numbers you read us earlier. Right. But because it's 9-11, this is the last thing on the The news. whole country is uprooted and going through collective trauma, I would say. 9-11 was traumatic And that's covering every social media network. That's Absolutely. every news channel. Every single thing. That's it. For a long time. Yeah. So this would never make the news. I'm I'm not surprised that no one's ever heard. There's the never story. a good time to go missing or murdered, but <laughs> on the brink of the nation's largest disaster, that's it. The chance of having any coverage whatsoever to help crack a case, you've lost it because you're overpowered by such a big story like 9/11. So her parents have spoken of that, how tragic it was that they couldn't get anyone to speak of this because we were all focused on, I mean, obviously, on the tragedies of New York. Mm-hmm. But this this poor family was suffering because their daughter has now been found murdered. Police immediately call this a homicide. Oddly enough, her cause of death was never released. They never told us how she died. They did tell us that she was fully clothed. They did tell us that her body was decomposed. She was also wearing a t-shirt that had, um, it was like a ball shirt from Edmondson High School, which is not her high school, had the number 10 on the back. Mm -hmm. And from that shirt, they were able to pull DNA that is not hers. Okay, interesting. So that is in CODIS and in all the other FBI search engines so that if there is ever a hit, you know, if whoever is responsible ever gets put into the system. um, But to date, there's been no match. That DNA is sitting in there to match to. Right. So to date, according to the FBI forensic labs, there's no DNA match to the DNA that was found on the shirt she was wearing. And the killer is unknown. So Unknown killer. You speak of this baseball jersey type shirt she was wearing um, that was from a a rival school, right? It was Mm -hmm. not her high school. Another odd thing about that shirt is her family and her friends say they had never seen that shirt on her. Ever. And then they were able to trace the shirt had come from a Goodwill store, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So someone, I guess, came forward and said, hey, I donated this to the Goodwill Goodwill confirmed, yes, we had this in our store and we sold it. And that's kind of the dead end of it. But her family says, we never saw her wear that shirt. We never knew this shirt existed in her possession. So is this something that someone put on her post-murder? Is this something that someone gave her, this mysterious person who called from the payphone? No one knows, but she was fully clothed wearing this shirt that didn't belong to her. But man, again, if we were in today's time of technology, we would be able to 
pull those cameras from the Goodwill and see who bought the shirt. Oh, yeah. But not then. We no. don't know who bought the shirt. And I, I, I heard somebody say, well, it's mostly old people that shop at the Goodwill. That's not true. A lot of kids go to the Goodwill to, to buy retro clothes and older looking things. Yeah, anything vintage. Yeah, we can't narrow it down that it was just an old person who went to the Goodwill. But we can narrow down that the shirt came from there and that her family and friends had never seen it. So it's it's an odd... Like, she was only gone for a minute from her family. And then the next thing we know, two weeks later, her body's found. You brought up a good point to me earlier. You were saying, we don't know how long she was dead before she was found. What we do know is that her body was decomposed to the point that they had to use dental records to ID her. That being said, she had decomposed and had been out in the elements for a while. So I'm guessing that she died. I'm going to go out there and say she died within 24 hours of walking out of her door at home. Okay. Um, You think she died within the 24 hours and then she was out there decomposing the rest of the time? I do. Based on the extent of her decomp. Based on the fact that she was that severely decomposed. Now, this is Kentucky in late August, early September Um, And I did a little research. The temperatures were still reaching in the upper 70s in 2001, that week, those two weeks, upper 70s, 80 degrees. Man, we don't want to think about it, but that's enough to really cause some quick decomp on someone out in the elements. This is not like someone who's in a home or who's in an air-conditioned facility. Yeah, it speeds it up. mm -mm, She's in the elements. So there's all kinds of things. There's animals. there's, There's the heat. Nights were cooler, but still, she's out there in that 79, 85-degree weather during the day, severe decomp. We also know that she was decomposed to the point that the dog smelled her from quite a ways away. Mm. Because the the man walking the dog was like, and man, my dog took off several hundred yards before I got to the body and ran to her. And then when he came up on... The body, he spoke of how badly she was decomposed and and how overwhelming the smell was. If you've never smelled decomp, I don't know how to explain it to you, but if you've ever smelled it, then you don't forget it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else like can we can we just smells like yarn. Mm. That's what my grandmother would say. It's what she says. Kyarn. Kyarn. Which is death. K-Y-A-R-N. That's an Appalachian word. The smell word. of death. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Remember the Casey Anthony story when mm. they were like, oh, it was just a rotten pizza in the trunk of the car. No, decomp is not a rotten pizza. Pizza doesn't even smell, Let's just it, say it's, it's not that. getting dried up. It's just <laughs> not that. That's not it. So here we are. We have very few details about Twilight. But we know the man walking the dog finds the body. She's severely decomposed. I'm going to say she died within 24 hours of going out that door to that 911 call. Um, But again, what happened? Who called? Who called that none of her friends and none of her family have a clue as to who she would have been talking to? 
who called that she was comfortable enough to run out barefoot. Which leads me to believe she was just going to visit them. Yeah. Talk to them outside, maybe, and then run back in the house. Sounds like it. Hmm. Hey, run out to the car. I want to give you something. Or, hey, run out to the car. I want to see you for a minute. It's a mystery. Her family says she was a very responsible young lady. And had she intended to leave with someone or go somewhere, she would have said that to someone. Um, She would have said, hey, I'm going over to my friend so-and-so's house. Or, hey, I'm going out with so-and-so. She would have communicated that. She was a responsible young lady. Who was inside that payphone booth? And who called her? And what happened? Like, the shirt. It's the shirt that gets me. Mm. Was this a boyfriend? Who Do do, do people still do that? Remember when a boyfriend would give the the, the shirt or the jacket? Is that still a a ring? Yeah, from your ball team. Was that still a thing? Four sizes too big for your finger. Right. You would put like, remember, you'd put like tape or something. And so was that it? it. Was this a guy who was going to, you know, give her the shirt? Hey, run out. I want to give you my jersey. But we know it wasn't his jersey because it was bought at the Goodwill. What? What is with the shirt? I don't know. Something. It's it's a mystery for sure. We don't know what happened. We know very few details. But I do know that we are trying to shed some light on this case because none was given to her. This case is almost 20 years old. For 20 years They've been searching out the details. We know there was DNA found on her that's not hers. That's been placed into the FBI forensic labs, but has not been matched. That means this person has not committed a crime that they've been caught for to date. Because they're not in the system. So this person is still walking around, still at large, and could have committed other crimes and just not been caught. But her family and her friends are desperate for anyone, everyone to try to figure out what happened. And let's just be real honest. She didn't get the justice that she deserves from day one. The timing was off. 9-11, she got zero coverage. The numbers were against her. You read them earlier because she was a beautiful Native American girl, she wasn't going to get the coverage that any other missing or murdered girl was going to get. What in the world happened? Tonight's Purple Alert comes to us out of Kentucky. Since we're already talking about Kentucky, let's talk about this one. Stearns, Kentucky, McCreary County. Tonight's Purple Alert is Mr. Norman Allen Canada. Norman Allen Canada. He lives at 54 Darris Sprayden Road in Strunk, Stearns, Kentucky, in McCreary County. This gentleman moved to the small town of Strunk, Kentucky from Ohio. I've got a feeling that he thought he could move into a small town and hide out, hiding from his sins. You can't hide. Guess what, Norman Allen, Canada? We see you. We know who you are. He was convicted on two counts of rape on a two-year-old child. No. 
convicted of two counts of rape on a two-year-old child. He moved in from Ohio to Strunk, Kentucky, 54 Darris Sprodlin Road. We see you. We have our eye on you. Again, I don't know this person. This is all public record. We don't share this so that you can be mean to this individual or treat him unfairly. We share this because we all have a right to know who is close to our children. Mr. Norman Allen Canada in Strunk, Kentucky, we see you. Do you know who your neighbors are? So what happened to Twilight? Give me your best guess. What do you think went wrong that night? Okay, so there's a few things. One of the things I didn't mention was there was a person of interest whose name has never been released. So that's a mystery. Mystery number two. Whoever called from the payphone. That seems to be what initiated her leaving the home. That person has to be involved in some way. For sure. Where she was found? I don't know. It's all, it's all, there's a lot of questions in this. We don't know. We don't have any idea of a motive. We don't have any idea of how long she was dead. We don't know how she died. It seems like there aren't a lot of answers or law enforcement has, hasn't released it. Why? They haven't. They haven't. They've been so tight-lipped about it. Um, it's and- so old. I would feel like, at if it's so old and cold, I would feel like you would want to release more information. New so details, that yeah. There had to be someone on that street that night, in the neighborhood, Someone who saw the person in the phone booth. I'm just going to say it's a man because we know it probably is. Um, who saw the person in the in the phone booth calling her? Someone somewhere had to know. Is this one of those things where it's a small town and nobody's talking? We know that happens. Because she's an indigenous girl and nobody mm-hmm. cares about her. Think she's trash? I don't know. I don't really know. This one's got me perplexed. Yeah. For sure. So here, here are my, here's my theory I'll throw out. Or at least some ideas I have. Um, we always say who saw her last, right? If it's a missing woman, I always say it's the husband. Right. He saw her last. It's a missing or murdered child. She was with her family last. She was. A brother. Her father, her stepmom. And what's interesting is they have never been persons of interest. They have not. Which lead me to believe that there is no reason whatsoever for authorities to think that they had anything to do with it. They were very cooperative. They answered all the questions. I mean, he did, you know, dad did all the right things. The minute he saw her missing, he made the calls. They got involved. So they're kind of off the, off the list of potential killers. We talk about whoever called from the phone booth, but I also have this question. Who's the man who was walking the dog? Mm. Who's the man whose dog, you know, as well as I do, how many times does 
the killer, killer go, go back, back to the scene. Come on. The killer goes back to the scene. That's a good idea. More times than not, yeah. the killer goes back. How often did this guy walk his dog? Every 13 days? Because that's when they found her. Did he just happen two weeks later to be walking the dog? What were the, you know, what's the situation around walking the dog on that particular day? I would be very curious. Right, right. Because if he had not walked the dog, or if he had walked the dog every day religiously, because typically the dog would have smelled it way before. Exactly. The severity of the decomp. Yes. When she was found. Right. Based on heat and all the conditions you named. And if you're walking the dog, most people walk the dog the same trail or the same path. Yeah, for sure. All the time. So if this was a common thing that he did, he would have walked the dog that path before or that road before. And the severity of the decomp, like you said, the dog would have smelled the body before the 14th day. So I want to I want to talk to the man who walked the dog, whose dog found because so many times, the killer goes back to the scene of the crime. I would be curious to know about that. I would be curious to know if he knows anything about the shirt from the Goodwill, mm. where he yeah. was the night she went missing when that nine one that um, phone call came in from the phone booth. Right. So I have a lot of questions. Surrounding the dog walker. That's my theory. There is another theory floating around online. So apparently in this neck of the woods up here in Kentucky and in a lot of areas of Appalachian nature, um, there's a theory of the skinwalkers. Oh, snap. Okay. Skinwalkers. And what um, in the world? Yeah. Skinwalkers are um, believed to be evil spirits or ghosts that possess a living animal or a person and who roam parts of our Appalachian areas and do evil things. So So this is this is like folklore that is believed to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sasquatch, mm-hmm. um, the Mothman, you know, some of those things, right. those creatures, the evil that some people- Manifest itself here on earth. That some people believe. Now, I, mm. I, I will, let me just say, let me just say this. Skinwalkers? Skinwalkers. Wow. You and I were raised very similar mm. in our faith. <laughs> yeah. We were raised as- Christians of the Christian faith, we still are. We were raised very similar in the same denomination in our small town in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I'm a self-proclaimed Pentecostal girl, okay? You are. The only ghost that I will ever talk about or want to be part of is the Holy Ghost, okay? <laughs> but you know me. I'm a little bit over on the dark side. So when I started reading about the skinwalker, I was like, I plead the blood of Jesus. I will get some anointing oil out. <laughs> we'll pray. I want no part of the skinwalker. No part of that ghost. And again, this is all, per- there are people who wholeheartedly 
believe that up in these mountains and hollers, they have seen or heard or had connections to the skinwalkers. Listen, I'm one of those people who believe. Then I'm just saying that out loud. Be the believer in the like in the other. I don't. I'm not sure if a skinwalker came and and took this girl's life. I'm just saying. I believe in some of that old. There's a lot of dark things happened across these lands. Truth in the South. I have spent a lot of time alone in funeral homes. Mm. That's you know that's my degree. That's my profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've spent a lot of days and nights alone with the deceased, with many dead bodies, all alone, and I I have not had many experiences with evil, ghost or you know skinwalkers or the mothman or any of those type things maybe you must believe a little more in it than i do to experience it but i i will just publicly debunk the myth that a skinwalker had anything to do with twilight's disappearance and murder although there are people making a strong case for it Really? There are. I don't, but it, it has a lot of Appalachian, but it has a lot of uh, Native American um, threads intertwined in the belief of the skinwalkers. And so there are people that believe that, you know, an evil creature was lurking and when she went outside, it took her and killed her. I debunked And that. left her dead in the middle of the woods. Yes. I will say I believe the evil of the land today to be human beings human Ooh. beings do the evil of our land today okay come on so i debunk that i don't think it was the skinwalker but i had to bring it up because there are a lot of people talking about it on that social is media fascinating. um but i don't think that's what happened to her i go back to the dog walker the man who was walking the dog who found the body i would love to hear more about this individual all right listeners you let us know what you think happened. We would love to hear your your thoughts on that. Thanks for joining me. This has been an interesting one. It has been. And um, I'm glad that we shared a story that doesn't get shared. And we're going to be mindful of that going forward, I think, more and more. Absolutely. Because it's the untold stories, the forgotten, that we really want to bring to light. Anyone with information on the murder of Twilight Crooks is encouraged to call the Warren County Sheriff's Office at 1-270-842-1633. Thank you so much for joining us. It means a lot that you took the time to download the podcast and listen. And we really do appreciate that. I hope you enjoy the story and be in touch with us if you have something that you would like to hear us discuss. Until next time, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the children. Isaiah 1.17 Thanks for listening to The Silent Hollow. For more details about today's pod, or to learn how you can make a difference in the life of a child through foster and adoption, please visit our website at thesilentholler.com. If you enjoyed listening, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Silent Holler. 
wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Parts and Tips production.